0: Welcome to the Keep Idaho Red Radio Show, where you'll hear from national, statewide, and local Republican leaders about the issues that are most important to Idahoans today. Now, please welcome Tom Luna and Vic Miller. Welcome back to another episode of Keep Idaho Red Radio with Tom Luna and Vic Miller. And uh, it's everything legislature, still Vic. And the legislature is seems like they're heading down a path towards adjournment, but there's still some important things that need to get done. And we're going to learn about a couple of those With our first guest, um, Representative Jason Monks, who is the chair of Rev and Tax, uh, and from District 22, in your sixth term.
1: Thanks, Tom. And Uh,
0: more importantly, father of eight and grandfather of eleven. Eleven. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we appreciate your service and appreciate you always being willing to be on Keep Idaho Red Radio. So let's talk about property tax. That's the that's the big issue, Um, and uh, I know that. You know, the recent news is that there has been a bill that, I guess, compromises the word that's been used, but there's been a lot of talk about property tax before the legislative session. During the session, now we seem to have a bill that has, uh, hopefully has the support uh, to become law. So talk to us about the bill itself, and then we can talk about the impact it will have on property tax payers. Sure. Um,
1: We started off the session with this was one of our our number one goal, really, to have some kind of property tax relief out there to our constituents. And we started off, introduced three different bills on the House side. The Senate introduced a few on their side as well. Um, We worked for the next month on figuring out a collaborative solution to property tax. And we came up with House Bill 292 that has made it out of the house side already we just had the hearing um from the senate side passed out a committee there as well we've had bipartisan support great support on it so far we have a couple more hurdles needs to get through the senate floor and then the governor's uh, desk there is uh, that's it and then we've got property tax relief
0: do you think you're over the high bar uh, or I, I know nothing's for sure in this in this uh, business but uh you mentioned just really a couple more steps before this property tax is is uh uh, realized
1: never uh there's never anything (laughs) that's a guarantee as you know very well tom but we think we've got it um done i think we've got the support we need on the house we had 63 to 7 support on that so it was a very very good oh absolutely yeah
0: and you think so i guess if we see the same kind of support on the senate side then that's a, a good uh, indication as how the governor would respond. We would,
1: the, we would hope so. Yes.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay. So let, let's talk about the bill itself, the the, the amount of the bill, uh, and the impact it will have on property tax um, payers.
1: Great. Yeah. So we started off uh, this year. The governor recommended a hundred and twenty million dollar tax relief for property tax. Uh, we've got that up to over three hundred million dollars on the first year, and uh, potentially over $300 million for the next couple years uh, with an ongoing source that will provide at least $200 million after year four, somewhere around that. So we're really happy with the numbers we came up with to provide tax relief. Some of that money is directed purely towards those people with homeowners exemption. So if it's your primary residence, you're going to get the lion's share of this tax relief. We did also provide some tax relief to all property taxpayers So one of the clear goals that we had at the very beginning was not to shift the burden from one person to another. And we did not want the renter who owns or who's renting a home right next door to somebody who owns a home. We didn't want that renter to have to pay more for their taxes just to give relief to their next door neighbor. So we did not want any shifting going on. So everything we're doing is pure property tax relief without shifting it to anybody else.
2: Can you remind us? So we're the uh, representative Jason Monks, who's the chairman of the Revenue and Taxation Committee. You're listening to KIDO one hundred seven point five FM 580 AM on Keep Idaho Red Radio. Can you? You said the sources. So the last time we met, you had said we had one hundred and twenty from the million from the governor. We thought we could come up with another hundred million dollars. So that was a two twenty. But now you're talking three hundred million dollars. So talk about where did this where did this pool of money come from? So we've got. 120 roughly from directly
1: sales tax. It's four and a half percent of our current sales tax. And so that's a growing number and it will grow uh, or historically has grown fairly rapidly. And we expect that to continue to grow. We also have 20 percent of our what we lovingly call our Wayfair account. And it's really just our online sales tax collections. And so 20 percent of that is dedicated towards this particular fund. We also came up with some one time money that um, was helpful Part of our tax rebate fund had $130 million still left in the account, so we transferred that over to this. We also did some one-time transfers from our general fund, and on top of that, we're going to use a surplus eliminator to get more money into the program as well, and that can be up to $150 million more just from the surplus eliminator. We've used that in the past successfully for transportation funding as well as to shore up our emergency stabilization fund or our rainy day account. So we've kind of cobbled all this money together. Some of it was available year one. Some of it would not be available year one, but the bottom line is we're going to see up the top end first year, $355 million in property tax relief. Um, If we don't get everything we want, we would still be over $200 million in property tax relief. A lot of that depends on that surplus eliminator and going forward, we're, we're doing that at least for the next few years.
2: Um, Representative Monks, can you talk to us about the average person who's going to be paying their property taxes? Can you give them a sense of like a range of what you'd expect your bill to go down if you're a property owner, a homeowner? Um, you know, any ideas? Homeowners should see somewhere around a fifteen to twenty percent reduction
1: in their property taxes off that in one year. And and I know people will look at that and go, "Well, gosh, mine have gone up a lot." But a fifteen to twenty percent reduction in your property taxes will be the largest property tax reduction in one year that, that we've ever done uh, as a state. And that's a pretty big deal. Even when we were able to drop our income tax rates over a three-year period, we never hit that percentage in one year. So we're pretty happy with the numbers that we were able to come up with.
0: And uh, Representative, this uh, this money, that's, how is it going to be distributed? And um, is it focused on, in most cases, the largest... Uh, taxer of property tax, and that is the school district. So t- talk to us about uh, how the money is distributed and what decisions are made at the local level once the money is distributed.
1: Very good question. So part of the money, it will be just directed to homeowners, and that it will show up as a credit on your tax notice that you receive. Another part of the money, about half of the money, will going to go directly to the school districts, and those school districts are required to use that money to reduce their um, levy rates, or that should say actually it, it replaces bond payments, it also replaces those levy payments, if there's enough money to be able to do that, that will be immediate property tax relief for your citizens. So it will come off in a t- couple different places on your notification that you receive in the mail
0: every year. All right, folks, we're visiting with Representative Jason Monks, and we're talking all about property tax, and we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about some of the trade-offs that are in this bill, specifically when it comes to uh, school districts. Um, So, uh, folks, we'll be right back uh, on Keep Idaho Red Radio. All right, folks, we're back with Representative Jason Monks, and we're going to jump right in and keep talking about property tax. And before we took the break, we were talking about some of the trade-offs. There's always negotiations. That's usually when you end up with the best kind of legislation, right? So talk to us about um, what are some of the other pro- uh, possibly non-fiscal, directly fiscal issues that are um, addressed in this bill. Great. So one of the
1: biggest trade-offs, I think that, and it's not really a trade-off, this was just something we purely wanted and we were able to get in the bill, is removing the March election date. So currently districts have four election dates that they can work off of, March, the May the August and November, and they use the March date probably the
0: most. So these are four election days that districts can run, uh, levies, supplementals, bonds, things that will raise your property tax. Four times a year they have a shot at it.
1: Correct. And they use the March date a lot. In fact, they use it the most to do that one. And we've always found that one a little bit disconcerting because they still haven't gotten their budget yet from the state which is the vast majority of the money they have. And so this year, for example, we had massive increases into education, I think somewhere around 16% increase, and yet many districts were already running supplemental levies before they even knew how much money they would have to start off with. And that never seemed right to us, Um, they still have the opportunity in May. They can do it in August. They can do it in November. And the other important factor, too, that we have to remember is what do we want out of an election? We want it to be fair. We want it to represent the people, what they want. And the March election dates historically are very low turnout. A lot of people don't know about them. They forget about them. And so we are essentially allowing a very small minority of people to raise taxes on the majority of people and that uh, your school bond levies makes up about 30 percent of your tax bill um, statewide. And so we wanted to address that part of it as well.
0: So if this bill passes, then we won't see any school bond uh, or levy elections in March, but they would still see them possibly three other times during the year. Correct. All right. Um, Talk to us uh, about one uh, concern I've heard, and that is that because uh, we, we've kind of seen this before, property tax relief happens at the local level—counties, um, cities, um, uh, uh, school districts—but it's just a short period of time, and they've gone and ran bonds and levies to get it right back up to where it was, and and uh, and 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 then the taxpayer really doesn't see this relief for long. Talk to us about what we can do, and even if there is anything the state can or should do about that.
1: Well, that was one of, the, one of the very reasons why we wanted the March election date removed, because if we're going to provide additional funding for school facility buildings, we didn't feel that they needed all the tools in order to raise those taxes on people in the future. So that was a direct reason for that. The language of the bill does prohibit them from collecting what we would call double-dipping, You're going to get the money to pay that bond indebtedness or your levy indebtedness, and you cannot collect the taxes for that particular time. So that will at least stop it from happening immediately. Long term, Tom, I think you've got a great question there is how do we stop taxes from continuing to rise? And one of our concerns is no matter what we do, if we reduce the pressure on property tax, the citizens are less likely or less inclined to complain about it. So regardless of how I reduce that property tax, if I do, the next time there's a bond or levy, people are going to be less fired up to say no. And... The same thing holds true with the cities and counties. If the people are not clamoring to reduce their taxes, they're going to be less inclined to watch their budgets because if um, their budgets are less, there's less pressure on them. That's something that the citizens are going to have to help us with. They're going to have to stay diligent. They're going to have to elect the right people into their local government. They're going to have to watch their bond and levy um, votes that come up to make sure that they're watching what their property tax comes uh, from.
0: So pay attention. That's that's the best <laughs> Attent, advice I can school say. school board meetings, attend city council meetings, right? Attent Absolutely. Meetings, right? And, and see how, when those budgets are put together. Uh, uh, talk, talk to us about how w- when the money is distributed to the school districts, not all districts have the same level of debt that they're servicing. You may have a district that has very little debt, maybe no levies, um, and they're going to get a portion of these funds. Do they have some flexibility in what they can do with these funds if they don't have any debt to re- retire?
1: I'm, I'm glad you asked that. So... The money will go out to the districts evenly based on average daily attendance. So the more kids you've got in your district, the more money you will get. They are required to use that money first for bond indebtedness. So they're going to service the bond payment. The next use that they can do is to service any levy payments. Then they can save that money if there's one of those school districts that doesn't have a a large bond or levy payment uh, for future construction. And the final thing they can use that for is to actually use the money... um, to bond against, so it's a source of revenue for them. So that's going to provide, in the future, tax relief because they won't need to go to the people to ask to raise taxes in order to bond against it. So we've given them a source of funding to be able to bond against in the future.
2: Let's um, so let's um, talk a little bit about that. The Cuna, there was a Cuna bond, one hundred eleven million dollar bond, and the turnout was only fifteen percent. So the fact that you're dealing with the March dates, I think, makes a heck of a lot of sense and so I appreciate uh, that part of the bill the other thing about compromise is you took the governor's 120 million dollars you took bruce scogg's idea to you know focus on homeowners you took the four and a half percent sales tax that that scott grow wanted and you put in the elements that you wanted to really have it go to the school system so you know well done on really putting four people's interests into a into a great bill
1: well i I want to make sure you don't give me too much credit on that. I was one of four people who worked very hard on this. Um, Speaker Moyle, Scott Grow, Doug Ricks on the Senate side were, um, they were here with me on every step of the way. And so I want to make sure they get as much uh, praise as I'm getting right now. And I appreciate that.
2: So let's talk a little bit about um, elements of the bill that would benefit, for example, those that are less well off or veterans is there anything in the bill that kind of protects that kind of, what do they call it, the circuit breaker? Is there a circuit breaker element to this as well?
1: Correct. We, um, we l- relaxed the limitations on circuit breakers so that more people could qualify
2: for that. Um, that was uh, something that was important to us, and so we took care of that as well. So let's we have about a minute left in this segment, and we want to just talk about, everyone talks about grocery taxes, right? Obviously, it seems like the priority was property taxes this year. But talk about that issue. Um, Will that come up again? Or what's your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It will come up again. I think we got a clear directive from the constituents. We also internally polled our caucus, and property tax was number one. And so while we were working on this property tax, any dollar we could find to put towards property tax relief, we did, which meant we didn't have money available for other priorities. This year... Property tax was the priority. We can focus on other tax relief next year, and we will. There will always be some kind of tax relief that that we will put forth every year to try to make sure that we are having the lowest burden on our citizens.
2: And the question we always ask this time of year, when do you think the session will be over? When is it sine die? Oh, my crystal ball says March 28th. Okay. We've been with uh, Representative Jason Monks, the, Reven, uh, the chair of the Revenue and Taxation Committee. We just appreciate all the work you've done on behalf of the property tax issue. You, you committed to it at the beginning of the session, and you are going to help bring a solution to uh, Idahoans, and we appreciate that. So we'll be right back with another segment of Keep Idaho Red Radio.